On today's episode of the Saturday Air Raid, we're talking wide receivers. We're talking our top five uh, 2024 draft eligible receivers for the upcoming draft. We uh, talk about our favorite landing spots for them, our player comparisons. We have some really good conversation about these uh, generational talents. We'll see what happens. I'm glad that you're here. Glad that you're with us. And I thank you for joining us today. Caleb Williams to the 10, to the 5, touchdown! Judkins, here he goes! Breaking tackles, and look at the late drive right to the end! Stroud throwing, this time it's for Marvin Harrison Jr., and it's a trifecta of touchdowns for Harrison! Welcome into the Saturday Air Raid. We've got the band back together. This is the show of shows produced by the NFL Lab Network. I'm your host, Johnny Roberts. And with me today, tonight, is Brad Bolt and Dan O'Connell the Beard. Welcome in, guys. It's great to get the band back together. Been a long time coming, having us all back together. That's it. And what the bloody hell have I missed? Green Bay is uh, apparently a playoff team. Carolina is... uh, well, <laughs> you know, okay, so this is my favorite show of the year, I would say. It's where we discuss the wide receivers for the upcoming NFL draft. And I went back and I watched and I listened to our show that we did back in June on the wide receivers and the outlook for the college season. And we had a lot of really good takes. The reason I bring it up is because I, I said, Brad, that uh, I thought that the Chicago Bears might end up with Caleb Williams some way. And here we yeah. are, eight months later. You know, yeah. and here it is. Well, since you're at it, um, the Powerball this week's for two hundred million dollars. Have you got the winning numbers? Have you got a couple <laughs> of them that you can pass over to us? And we'll. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's it's one of these it's one of these shows that looking and we'll obviously dive into it. But after the first couple of receivers, this could draw, and we could all three of us could end up having completely different back half of the top tens, and that's what makes part of this NFL draft stuff so fun and exciting for us. I think. Yeah, that like you said, that back half of the top ten is ridiculous how many names can flip in and out of there. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say that, uh, so (laughs) we were talking about it before the show and uh, I was like, okay, let's do wide receivers. Here we are. This class is so deep that we are probably going to do this over definitely two episodes. I would say even three. I'm thinking of doing like a part three for like deep, deep sleepers. We've got time to kill before the NFL draft at the end of April. So I think it'll be okay. This episode, it might be fairly chalky, I'm thinking. I'm guessing that we'll probably all have something similar. And then uh, the other thing I was going to say was in uh, going back and listening to last year's episode, we did damn well, I want to say. Like we, our top five, our top 10 receivers that we discussed, even the ones we threw in towards the end, we're going to be talking about most of them. Yeah, you guys, you guys were obviously uh, a lot more on it than I was at the start because I hadn't started looking at the upcoming receivers and everything but um yeah listening back to some of it and now looking at the names that we're looking at and some of the guys we were talking about one of them the only reason we're not going to be discussing him on this show is because he didn't declare for the draft so it was like guys that we were expecting to maybe come out and yeah some of them may have had down years or whatever but these guys are all still within that top 10 consideration that we were talking about. And as always happens every year, there's other receivers that step up that sort of almost come from nowhere and they come into the top 10 and they obviously bump some of the other ones that we would have picked down. And a lot of other people would have picked bumped down as well. That's exactly it. Um, 
you know, like some of the, the players that we're talking about. So you're talking about Brad Amekarabuko, who we can't even talk about because he's <laughs> gone back to mm. college. Uh, and then the ones who've just jumped in who we didn't even, like we had mentioned, like there's going to be receivers uh, that we're, you know, from as the year goes on that will improve and some that will fall a little bit. Not too many fell a little bit, I got to say. Um, so, yeah, um, but man, they're so interesting to talk about all of them in their own right. And it's just the way you... I'm interested. I'm fascinated at how the way um, the way people have got them tiered as well. We'll get into that because I'd be interested to know where you're putting players and where you're benchmarking them against other ones. Right before we do, top of the show, if you're watching us on YouTube, please like and subscribe to this. That really, really helps us out. And you can follow us on Twitter as well. I'm at John Lloyd Roberts. Brad's at BradBolt1 and Dan's at Beard underscore 82. Uh, anything else before we kick off? Just one other thing that I thought is uh, at that preseason show, John, you brought to the table the guy that I've also co-adopted with you in Malachi Corley. But uh, as we're recording this, <laughs> this is after day one of the Senior Bowl and mm. his stock really rose from yeah. speaking with people who were there and reading a lot of the comments. He's really jumped out at this. So even these yeah. guys who might not necessarily have been in our top 10, but people that we were or that you guys, you know, were throwing names out to, to look at uh, through the season, some of these guys have already started to impress. So this is where, you know, the, the senior bowl and the combine types of things are where you can see some of these guys go from weren't in anyone's consideration and now yeah. they're right up, you know, because I wouldn't have thought that, I don't know if you would have thought this, but prior to the season, I don't know whether where you would have had Malachi Corley in the draft, but, you know, just recently Dane Brugler right. released his first uh, yep. two-round mock draft and he had him going in the second round to the Houston Texans. So that's just sort of shown what, what some of these guys are able to do. And that's what can make the wide receiver show so fun because there could be a guy like a Dontavian Wicks who last year went in the fifth round and he's now maybe the Packers' second best receiver. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. And, uh, you know, even today, Daniel Jeremiah has Malachi Corley in his top 50 players in the mm. entire draft. So, you know, like I have been excited to talk about him, to hype him up and to bump him up to that stock level. And now I realize that it's uh, it's actually coming to fruition and... Uh, you know, if you're doing any fantasy drafts, it's uh, <laughs> there's no value to be had anymore. So, no, that's a, that's a great shout. And uh, I also saw just quickly before we start, uh, Nate was also saying, I think that uh, Xavier Leggett had a bit of a tough sort of like day one. So Malachi Corley stock up, Xavier Leggett apparently stock down. So could have just been a bad day, might have had a bad night's sleep. So can't hold that against him too much there yeah and it seems like to a bit of the day one you see this quite often at the senior bowl day one having new quarterbacks throw to the receivers the day one can look pretty bad but i'll be interested to see what it is by time day three rolls around or the game you know the game rolls around to see how that chemistry improves but yeah definitely something to keep an eye on as we move forward all right let's kick it off number one at the top any qualms marvin harrison jr what say you? I agree. I had him number one as well. Dan, how about you? Are we three for three with Marvin Harrison? What a shock. You're kidding. <laughs> There's no way we all have him at number one. Who saw that coming? No, I think um, yeah. so. Out of Ohio State, it is Marvin Harrison Jr. He uh, had an interesting year, I got to say. Um, did anyone feel like he underperformed or performed less than expected, given the fact that his quarterback this year? Uh, just gone was Kyle McCord. Obviously, a bit of a step down from CJ Stroud and even Justin Fields. Was he with Justin Fields? No, he wouldn't have been. No, not with Justin Fields. I don't think. No. I mean, I guess it. No, I think it, the expectations were so high for him, though. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Such high expectations, 
CJ Stroud then comes into the NFL and has, a, you know, rookie of the year, nearly, you know, pro, he's pro bowl, you know, all that sort of stuff. So you can yep. understand why there's a little bit of a step down from, from one to the other there, I think. Yeah. Uh, no, I think he still had a really good, really good year. So 1,211 yards, 14 touchdowns uh, and uh, 26 rushing yards with a rushing touchdown as well. Uh, 67 receptions. So uh, I think he still did all the things that we expected. We talked about him uh, before the season. He was our number one wide receiver going into the college year, and he still came out that way as well. Had some amazing games, even against, uh, you know, the teams like Michigan, in which they lost five catches for 118 yards and a touchdown. He had, uh, let's see, six, seven, eight. I think I'm counting eight games here with over a hundred yards um, and only two games where he didn't catch a touchdown as well. And ruling out that first game against Indiana, which apparently was a tough matchup for them at the start of the season. It's it's not, it's not a bad down year though, is it? 1200 yards, 14 touchdowns, not bad for a down yeah. year. So. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. Um, I have a question. Do you, do either of you have any real concerns about Marvin Harrison Jr. coming into the NFL? Like, is there, it's, you see sometimes you, you don't really want to say that there's prospects with zero concerns or zero issues whatsoever because it's very rare, but is there, a, it seems like in a way that Marvin Harrison Jr. has very little concerns. Do you, either of you have anything you're slightly concerned about it, or you reckon he's just going to be almost perfect from the get-go? I'll let you I take it away, physical cornerbacks will give him trouble. Yeah, I think physical cornerbacks will give him some trouble, especially off the line. If they can get hands on him and sort of jam him at the line, I think that's the biggest concern with him, but they're not going to be able to do it that often. Uh, no, for me, he's easily the number one wide receiver. I kind of comped him to... For me, somewhere, I think his closest comp is probably DeAndre Hopkins just because he's so long. He's got such huge hands. He's tall. He's very, very explosive. He's a very good route runner. So he's sort of got that city lamb in him as well. Um, my one concern with him, though, when I watch some of his film, is it's sort of like he catches the ball and as soon as he's touched by a defender, he kind of goes down at the point of first contact. He's... There's not too much yards after the catch with Marvin Harrison Jr., I personally find. Um, but having said that, like your priority one yeah. as a receiver is to catch the ball, and then your priority two is to then move the ball once you've caught it. So I'm okay with that, and I think that's something he can work on. He'll probably work on that as well once he sort of like, you know, grows a bit and feels out his body. I mean, he's listed right now 6'3", 205, so he's still got a ways to go. But I think as far as picks go... Um, I think any team will be happy. I think he's as safe as they come for teams to draft. And, you know, like if the Bears took him at one, obviously that'd be really surprising because they've got a lot of needs to fill. But if the Patriots took him, wouldn't be surprised. That's actually where I think he goes. I think the New England Patriots will draft him at three. And if not, he's not going to get past the Arizona Cardinals. So unless the team trades up for him, I think he's in a really, really good spot. And he, yeah, he's, like I was saying, as safe as they come. A couple of things he can work on, but I think he can, like I say, work on those. Dan, did you have, I'm so I'm not trying to take over here, John. I'm just curious. You gave your player comp. Dan, did you have a player comp for Marvin Harrison Jr.? I uh, didn't. I haven't comped him, any of them to play as other NFL players yet. That's all right. I, I was thinking somewhere along the lines of Larry Fitzgerald yep. or a skinny, skinny version of um aj green yeah aj green is the other one i've been hearing and i i like that comp my only thing with larry fitzgerald is he was very good at yards yeah. after the patch which is what yeah. i'm not really seeing in marvin harrison he's also like a lot bigger but i'm also thinking of late larry I fitzgerald yeah, i don't think larry fitzgerald is a 
close call. Mm. I, I don't know. Maybe it was just like um, I can see the AJ Green place. one, the Larry maybe, one. Yeah, may, and it's probably not a good one. But I was thinking just like in terms of physical look, as opposed to like I don't know, just the way he would catch the ball and you know run a little bit. It just sort of I, when I first saw it, I was like, it just looked visually a bit like Larry Fitzgerald as opposed to play yeah. style. I mean, I'm watching now, like just that cut, the change of direction ability is definitely there, and that's definitely in Larry Fitzgerald, the ability to get the ball, turn your body around, look at the field ahead of you, and just be like, yep, I'm off that way exactly. That's where I'm going. Mm. So, yeah, super explosive, great size, length, uh, arm arm span, and uh, hand size. It's it's all there. It's all there. I think he's as safe as they come. Would not be a surprise if he went number one. Like, if someone sent Chicago a godfather offer to go from, you know, if New England decided they really wanted Marvin mm. Harrison or Arizona did and they went from four to one, like, it wouldn't shock me to see him go number one just based off of his skill set alone. Having said that, where do you think he goes? I reckon I reckon you're right. I Well, I think, I think four to Arizona. Yeah. I think New England takes Jaden Daniels at three. Yeah, I think the top three need quarterbacks too much. I hope so with New England, because I just feel like that's where quarterbacks go to die. Even though it's a brand new day in New England, I understand that. It's just, I've still got that bad taste in my mouth that's never washed away. So we will see. Um, All right, let's jump to our number two guy then. So we talked about him. I mean, my number two, I'm assuming he's both of your number twos. He wasn't our number two this time last year, but I will say he, we did talk about him enough to the point where we thought he could creep up and ascend to that next level. One thing that changed for me, so we're talking about, of course, LSU's Malik Neighbors. He's listed at 6'1", 190 pounds. I think he's actually a bit bigger than what they got him listed here. I think he's growing throughout the season. Um, we're to the point where he's up to like sort of 195, 200 as well. He certainly looks a big body as well. So his quarterback was Jaden Daniels, who won the Heisman Trophy. And uh, he had a phenomenal season. 89 receptions, 1,569 receiving yards, 14 touchdowns as well. And to go with it, a few rushing yards as well, but not too many. He had an average depth of target this season of 176 um, I think I saw on PFF as well, he had something like 35 explosive plays and uh, explosive plays are plays of 15 yards or more. So to get 35 of those is insane. That's nearly, uh, I want to say 89 receptions. That's nearly half his receptions. So he was insane. He became more of a big body sort of physical receiver, almost kind of like what we're used to seeing from LSU over the years from either Odell Beckham or Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, the kind of receivers we've grown to become accustomed to, but he really took a step forward. And um, I got to say, I'm seeing a bit of chatter at the moment that some people feel like he even might be the wide receiver one. Definitely starting to see a lot of people who have tiered him in the same tier as Marvin Harrison Jr., and saying that he's about as safe as they come. And I got to say, I think I might be there as well. So um, given my number two last year, this time last year was Roma Dunze. I think it's been a sensational year for um, Malik Neighbors. Um, Brad, what, how, how have you seen his season go this so far this year? Well, it, it's interesting that that tier sort of that we're talking about. So at my top three receivers... I have them in the tiers of, it's going to sound weird, but they're only half tiers between them. So I've got yep. Marvin Harrison Jr. Then it's like a half tier drop for me to Malik Neighbors, then a half tier drop to Roma Dunze, who I have as my number three, spoiler alert. But mm. he's right there. Like they're right on that cusp 
of each other. Like I just like he's he's quite versatile. Like in his alignment, his in his usage, you can play him outside, you can play him in the slot. You could actually have him swing from um out of the backfield. Big playability, you got to love just and you know his explosiveness to get out. Uh, the I, I'm a big fan of his like his route running. Like it's really mm. precise. It's, I, I think we mentioned this um, in the it was either in the draft show or in the preseason. My big thing is I like guys who when they're supposed to run eight yard outs, they run eight yard outs and they don't take it to nine or ten because it throws off timing of the offense. Just I, I can I can understand why people would have him in that same tier or potentially over Marvin Harrison Jr. Because when you look at their stats from this year, Malik Neighbors obviously had the better year than Marvin Harrison Jr. So mm. I just think he's going to be... I, it's going to be one of those drafts where you remember back to the, the C.D. Lamb, uh, Justin Jefferson draft yep. where Jerry you look Judy. at Jerry Judy. But obviously some of those guys haven't panned out, but you sort of, you look at that and you just look back and you go, that was just a really good receiver class when you look at the guys yeah. who were there. So I, I have no issues if people have him above Marvin Harrison Jr. I've, like I said, it's only a slight teardrop for me from one to the next, but yeah, I, I'm a big fan. I like what he's, he's shown this year and he's uh, going to make a team very happy. Whoever drafts him. He absolutely killed it. Like he had the best season of the, all the wide receivers. Yeah. So he is an absolute stud. I've got him in the same tier as Marvin Harrison Jr., but just below him. Yeah, it's basically what Brad said. <laughs> yeah, it's honestly, they are so close. And I 100% understand why people have him right there with him as well. Like any other mm. year, he's a clear-cut wide receiver one yeah. without yeah. question. So he's got the speed. He's got the acceleration off the mark as well. His hands are unbelievable. He can do it all. Like we yeah. said earlier, you said six feet, 200 pounds. And he's just, he's going to get better as well once he gets in the NFL. Like he'll hit the ground running in the NFL. So any team that drafts, I don't think he's getting past the Giants at six. Mm. But could you imagine the Chargers going after him at five? So I was just going to say, let, let's imagine a world, and this is maybe this is more fantasy talking than anything now, but let's imagine a world where New England does take Marvin Harrison at three and the Chargers take Malik Neighbors at five. Like I'm taking, I think I'm taking Neighbors as my number one wide receiver. Yeah, yeah I would take, I would take Neighbors number one if that was the scenario that played out. I think if Marvin Harrison gets to Arizona and they go back to back at four and five, I'm probably going Marvin Harrison. But this yeah. is talking about yeah. their similarities. The yeah. one main concern that I have with Neighbours is similar to Marvin Harrison Jr. He's just being able to beat press man coverage. Like consistently. Oh, really? Like I he can does a good job of that. I, I think he does a good job. But I think he needs, like, not every time, if that makes sense. Like, if he's just a bit more yeah. consistent with it is what I think he's his probably his issue would be. Like, he, I think he can do it one, like, you know, a little bit, but then there's every once in a while you're like, you've just seen that for the last four snaps. Why haven't you been able to do it since that first one? Like, it's just, right. you know, I just think maybe it's just maybe needing to set it up a little bit better so that um, he's just a bit more consistent with it. But that, that was, like... I mean, that's not really much of a concern. Same with Marvin Harrison. You can work on that and you could, if you can do that, then all of a sudden, you know, it's all pro type wide receiver from the get go. Yeah. I think it'll be tough at the Giants because of the quarterback situation, but I think he comes into the league and puts up a thousand yards as a rookie, even if he does end up on the Giants. Just even the leap, you know, like we, I had some concerns about his 2022 season, which wasn't bad. And in fact, now in hindsight, it seems like most of it was actually on Jaden Daniels, who yeah. also took like a monumental leap forward to the point where he won the Heisman Trophy. He had an insane season. So good on him. I mean, I didn't even have Jaden Daniels ranked in my top 10 quarterbacks going into the season last year. And then he came out my number three quarterback. So 
Like that just goes mm. to show what a kind of leap he took. Same thing with Malik Neighbors though. So they had a really, really tough matchup LSU did against Florida State week one of the college season. He had uh, six catches for seven for 67 yards. No touchdowns, and they lost that game. Uh, they had a small school after that, and then there was that huge game against Mississippi State where he went 13 catches, 239 yards, and two touchdowns. And he kind of never looked back. Almost every single game after that was at least 100 yards or more. Against Auburn, he had 89 yards, but still a touchdown. And then the last game, a bit of a dud. Um, but like outside of that, for the majority of the season, like he was just lighting the league on fire. It was exciting to see. I've seen a couple of comps as well. So he's been comped to DJ Moore, which I like that comp. He's kind of like a bit of a, he's not listed this way, but he kind of seems like a big bodied receiver. He's very good with physicality. He's a great route runner. Um, and yeah, he's got huge explosive bursts. Yeah. My other comp too, which I mentioned is a, a bit more of an older, older guy was um, Tory Smith. Yeah. Tory Smith was that type of guy too. Super explosive. As much as I would love it to see somehow he gets to the Carolina Panthers, yeah, it's no, not it's going just, to happen. Dan, <laughs> that uh, Brad's just trying to will into existence that somehow he's going to end up on the Carolina Panthers. There's got to you be some... realize it's, it's a 2024 draft, not 2023, and you've got no picks straight away, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I know. But that's what the only way that it's going to happen. And if anyone has this, if you can find a Malik Neighbors with a Laramie Tunsil gas mask bong photo, if you can throw that out into the ether... <laughs> So he oh, drops no. to thirty-three. That would be fantastic. But I don't. Brad's going to be sitting enough. here in his little in his little studio working on his Photoshop skills, trying to stitch up Malik Neighbors big time. Yep, AI a photo <laughs> of <laughs> Neighbors with a gas mask bong. Uh good stuff. No, so we're happy with Malik Neighbors at number two. He's Easily very much two, yeah. yeah in that tier though around Marvin Harrison. And then let's get to three now in Roma Dunze who last year we had him at three, or at least I think I did. I think we all did, actually. It went, we went Marvin Harrison, Emeka Ibuka, and then Rome Adunze. And obviously Emeka Ibuka had a really down season, but again, quarterback issues, so he's gone back. Kind of makes sense. It's such a stacked class. I think Emeka Ibuka could actually do quite well in next year's receiver class now that he's made that business decision. Um, but Rome Adunze, so he had an even more fantastic season than last. So... 2022, he has 75 catches, 1,145 yards, and seven touchdowns. He backs that up this season just gone on Washington for 92 receptions, 1,640 yards, 13 touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown to go with that as well. Washington uh, have a fantastic season. Michael Penix has a fantastic season. They go all the way to the national ch uh, championship game. Have a bit of a tough one in that stretch, though. But uh, all in all, I think everyone got to see the greatness that was Roma Dunze. And um, I've seen I've seen um, some of the big names in the industry who have got him as their number two. We were talking earlier today. I think uh, Dan Daniel Jeremiah released his top 50 players. And I'm pretty sure Rome was his number two receiver after Marvin Harrison, who was his number one player overall. So um, any which way you slice it, he's in good company, all three of these guys. Yeah, I absolutely love Roma Dunze. Hmm. He, he doesn't have the best long speed, but it's still really good. And then his physicality at his size, yep. defensive backs in the NFL are going to have such a tough time matching up on him. Yep. He's going to be able to overpower a majority of them, and he can go up and catch it at the highest point. Yep. So he's one of the best contested catch wide receivers in this draft. Because he doesn't get elite separation, he's in those situations a lot more than some other wide receivers, but he excels at that. So it's, that's not a concern for me 
really at all. So I just think everything about him, I love the size, the overall game of his. I think he's going to be massive in the NFL. Yeah, I, I sort of, similar thing, I love how he can high point, high point the ball. Um, his, I like, his, you know, his run after the catch ability. He's got fantastic body control, precise route running, like all the stuff if I were an NFL GM, like all the stuff that I look for, like they're yeah. the type of things that I like. So you you could understand why someone like a Daniel Jeremiah, who was a scout for the Baltimore Ravens back in the day, like why he could put someone like Roe number two. Like that's where I was saying these guys to me are so close within that they're almost within half a tier of each other sort of thing. Um, and this is, it's hard to put ex, these type of expectations on him, but he did, he did remind me and his player comp was um, Devontae Adams for me. Okay. I think, I think he's got the, the perfect player comp for him for me is Keenan Allen. And that's the one I hear the most. And every time I watch him play, I just see that it's like, not that elite, elite speed, but he's so physical. His hands are so good. He's such a great route runner that it doesn't even matter. He, he looks like he's faster than he is because he's just so strong. He can take on defenders. He can take it to the house if he wants. He can take a screen to the house. He's just so versatile in so many different ways. Just doesn't have that beard, but he does make it up for in his uh, beautiful hair. <laughs> what was what was Keenan Allen's 40 time? It was like a 4, 6, 7 or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah, so four, I, uh, 4, 7, 1. Yeah, okay, there you go. 4, 7, 1, Jesus. Yeah, uh, I remember it being bad. It was... Yeah, Devon. See, I sort of think the reason why I sort of gave him a bit of Devonte. So Devonte Adams' forty time was four five six. Yeah, okay. and I think Rome's sort That's of going to be in that. You know, it's I. I feel like that maybe Rome's going to be in that sort of range, like around that four five four six mark, as opposed to the four seven. And I just think the way he, you know, like his body control and his high point catching and route running and everything. I mean, either either comp for me works. Like, if you could say Keenan Allen, you could say Devontae Adams. I like either of them. I think they both work. But I just feel like because he's going to have that touch more speed than what a Keenan Allen is, that's why I sort of landed on a Devontae Adams. That's an interesting comp because I don't think his you route do. running's anywhere near Devontae Adams' ability at route running. Yeah. But see, I would have thought that Keenan Allen was better route runner than what Devontae Adams is. So, I don't know. I think, like, yeah. Devontae's one of the best in the league. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you when you so start, so is Alan developed yeah. into one as well. So yeah, yeah. So, so we're, that, that's we're comparing him to ten year vets here. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't like comping them to NFL players, but like, yeah, of course. Yeah, I know. And we should probably give him like we should probably give these guys like maybe a low end comp as well, just to bring just to reel it back in a little bit. Name brand, off brand. Yeah, name brand, <laughs> off brand. Um, so the other problem with those three guys though is I just I don't have any like my my B grade kind of C grade comps for them are still like really really elite players like um i think my like my c grade for marvin harrison was like jalen waddles <laughs> oh no that's for brian thomas who we'll talk about next but yeah like just insane insane go. talent to me here you go the three the three aspects of um roma Dunze. here's his three comps low middle and top low comp mike evans middle comp keenan allen top comp Devonte adams there you go Nice and simple for everyone. There's three of the best wide receivers in the league. We've just set him up to be the biggest bust in NFL yeah, history. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Rome. It, it feels that way. But just the last thing I want to say about these guys is, like, these players, they're going to be top 10 draft picks. Yeah. 
Think about last year, like Jackson Smith and Jigba was a highly, highly touted draft prospect and he went 20. And even in years past, you know, the Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave draft, those guys went 9, 10, 11. I think Drake London was somewhere in there at like 8. These guys are going like, we're saying like potentially 1, probably three probably four five like they're going to be in that range and that's just insane that the way this this draft will potentially start quarterback 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 wide receiver wide receiver wide receiver and then we'll start to get to the other positions like and that's you know assuming that another team doesn't just come up and take another quarterback so this is just a curious in the top 10 where do you think the first three receivers go so you got you think marvin harrison to new england john uh i do I do I do think that New England's going to draft him because I just think he's like Jaden Daniels as amazing of a season as he had and I understand he's a quarterback I just think Marvin Harrison is complete like fail proof like he's completely bust proof whereas Jaden Daniels could have some I mean like and we talked about this on our quarterback show last week like um you know he, he like Bryce Young has done damage to these smaller quarterbacks and I, I wonder yeah. if that sort of is in the back of people's minds whereas Number you got the third pick, you've got Marvin Harrison for the next 10, 15 years. You don't even have to think about it. See, in my mind, I've got Marvin Harrison going at four to Arizona, Malik Neighbors going five to the Chargers, and then Rome yeah, going number six. Yeah, I've got neighbors five to the Chargers. Rome that I've Chargers got... offense is gonna be insane. <laughs> yeah. So I mean but I then just... had Rome going nine to the Bears. That that was gonna be my next thought process yeah. with yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but Thank I you, mean man. Williams to Rome, that's gonna be sick. And then having DJ Moore as well. Like you're gonna have yep. a, that would that would probably to me that's the best way to because this this draft coming up, and we might get into these guys obviously in future shows and things like that, but this draft has a lot of good offensive linemen. So yes, you could take a yep. guy like if you were Chicago, you could take a guy like a Joe Alt or a Olu Fashanu, but if you really want to do the opposite of what Carolina did and set your rookie quarterback, if that's the direction they go, set him up with talent. You've got DJ Moore there. Why not go for a, a Rome, a Dunze to, to round out your wide receiving core? You set a receiver then. You've got Caleb Williams has got his options. So that would have been my probably next spot is I reckon either four, five, six they go or um, Chicago gets Rome or they trade up with someone to try and take Be it. smart by them. I hope they don't do it, obviously, but... I want to be able to support Rome in the NFL. So yeah, I I just think like if you're in New England, don't you just think it makes more sense to draft Marvin Harrison three, and then you've got the third pick in the second round where you could probably take like Michael Penix or maybe Bo Nix if he's there or one of or these other guys, or trade a third round pick for Justin Fields. Right, exactly. You've got that option as well. Like I just think that that is a much better sort of mm. plan overall than I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. All right, let's jump into our fourth receiver now. Um, we'll see if it's going to be any different. I don't think it will be, but we'll, we'll see. So I've got out of LSU, again, it's the second receiver. It's Brian Thomas Jr. Uh, listed at 6'5", 200 pounds. And uh, any – any uh, did you guys have it any different? No, no, I had Brian Thomas. Yeah, so um, what I want to say about him, so 2023 just gone. So he really took a step forward as far as his production goes. And I think that after these three receivers that we talked about, now we're getting to the, the stages where you can actually sort of point to things and be like, look, he's a great player, but oh, he, does, he has this sort of thing that I'm a little bit worried about. Uh, 68 receptions for 1,177 yards and 17 touchdowns. That was a huge step forward from his 2022 season. 
where he started the same amount of games and he had 31 catches for 360 yards and five touchdowns, but he did take that huge step forward. And I think what really jumped off the page for Brian Thomas Jr. was just the way he was linking up. I mean, they were sort of, it was almost reminiscent of that, like, I'm not saying that they're Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, but it was like Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas. They were both doing sort of similar things. It was like they were tacking all over the field from both options. Um, and I think he had a, an awesome season. I think he's like tall. He's a strong player. He's a very good catch. He's got good hands. He's got good eyes. His ball tracking, I think, is really one of his strengths. And once he gets the ball, he can just burst off to the scene, uh, which I also really loved about him as well. So... Um, and then just good hands in the red zone. Like he's one of those red zone targets. Again, like 17 touchdowns off of 68 catches is an insane amount. Also average depth of target, 17.3 yards. So um, thoughts on Brian Thomas and why you've got him at four and what you really like about him more than others. And then it, why is he, is he not in that upper tier where a lot of people I feel like are starting to put him up next to Rome. So I what pretty much everything you said that what you like about him is what I had as well. And like you said, it's an insane stat when you think about it. Would you say 68 catches, 17 yeah. touchdowns. So 25% of his catches were touchdowns this year, which yeah. is just just insanity to think. I, I can see I, I can see why someone maybe put him up in that upper tier with the top three, just based off yeah. of like you said, the explosiveness and the the catch radius and the the like you said, one of the underrated things was tracking tracking the ball, like those deep shots mm. and everything. But I can also see why some teams might be a little bit wary that he did have such a huge jump. Like, was that just a a byproduct? You know, some teams might question: yeah. was that just a byproduct of that offense, or was that just because he was held back in that first year, or? you know, the previous year and whatever. Because what you say, it went from 300 yards to 1,100. And then, like, and the receivers that he had alongside him was obviously Malik Neighbors as well, but it was, like, Keyshawn Butte was mm. another one of them. It's like, why aren't you more productive than this guy? Yeah, so I can see why some teams might have concerns. I, I like him, but I don't have him in that same tier as the other guys. I just think the other guys just have less holes to their game. And I'm not saying that uh, Brian Thomas has huge holes either, but mm. I just feel like the other guys are more complete in what they've done. And this feels like they've shown it for longer or shown that that flashiness longer. Yeah, I think he needs to work on his route running a lot yes. more still. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's his separation so is my... Obviously, he's the elite burner in this class. Like His yeah. deep threat is insane. At his size, to be able to have that deep threat with that speed, that's he's why almost, I've got him up so high. Like that DK Metcalf about him. He's not as big, but he's like yeah. on his way to that kind of size and speed. Yeah. Yeah. So if he works on his route running and then his contested catch as well, he'll be unstoppable. Like yeah. he's gonna have, they're going to have such a hard time matching up on him because it's hard to press him at the line because of that speed yeah. and that acceleration off the mark. So you're not going to be able to try and jam him at the line. So yeah. if he gets that route running in that short area sort of fine-tuned, then yeah, he's going to be impossible to stop almost. He either needs to improve his route running or go to an offense where they say, right, what are your three routes that you run really well? We want a nine, <laughs> we want a nine ball, we want a post, and we want a slant. And, and just, how are you going to run by Wilson's career? <laughs> oh, that, yeah, well, that, that's another that's a discussion for another show. Where Perhaps in New up, England, but... you never know. No, but that was a good point is what I want to say. So my my qualm against him, other than the, the production jump, was just that sort of separation. And maybe I've got too many like scars from like Hakeem Butler and Nikhil Harry inside yeah. of me. But like the thing, that, yeah, well, the thing that makes him great. So I'm looking at like, some of these huge games that he had against our Kansas, five catches, 133 yards, two 
touchdowns against Florida, six catches, 150 yards, two touchdowns. But then he had those games against like Auburn, two catches, seven yards against Alabama. He had uh, three catches, 36 yards. It's like, he just sort of like vaporized. He was gone against these sort of like bigger schools. And I don't, I know that Auburn's not a bigger school, but in the same conference in the same division, they play each other really competitively. And it's, like it's concerning that he couldn't sort of stick with it or he was game scripted out or what, whatever you want to say in that regard. But like, like I was saying, just to finish with the um, big body and the separation thing is like DK Metcalf, if you're going to be that big, if you're going to play that big, you don't really need to um, have too much separation in you to win the ball every time. Do you have yeah. a player comp that you like, John? for him because I've seen a couple thrown around and I, I haven't settled on one really for Brian Thomas. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. I said one before. Uh, Rick, who was that? The, the two that I've seen floated around a fair bit and I, like I said, I'm not really sold on it and maybe I just need to watch him a little bit more but was Martavis Bryant and the other one was Robbie Anderson were the two that I've seen floated around by people. But like I said, I'm not mm. not sold on them but they're the two most common ones that I've seen. I think people forget how good Martavis Bryant actually could have been. Yeah, I just sort of always saw Martavis as more of a deep threat guy as opposed to, I'd say, I think Brian Thomas can take the ball and then take it to the house. So I think he's got that yards after the catch ability, which I know Martavis had as well. In, in, in and maybe that's, maybe that's where I saw people comparing him a bit to Robbie Chosen or Robbie Anderson yeah. now. Oh, sorry, Robbie um, Anderson before Robbie Chosen now. Yeah, I just think he's better at the yard after contact as well. And that's why I kind of like this DK Metcalf comp, even though he's much smaller, everyone is. Um, he just sort of in any situation can win the ball without being except like his Johnny former coach ball. Pete Carroll. <laughs> except his former coach Pete Carroll's the only one who's bigger than DK Metcalf. <laughs> exactly. No, but um, Brian Thomas, I'm a, I'm a big fan of. Yeah, do you guys have any comps or do you have any predictions of uh, where do you think he goes? Where do you like, is he a first round pick? Oh, I mean, he's a first-round pick. Whereabouts? I think he goes in the first. I think there's so many talented cornerbacks in this draft, and then the offensive linemen as well. And then you talk about the defensive linemen and edge rushers as well. I think he starts to fall back down into that sort of 20, 25 pick range. Yeah. Don't think he's going to find himself in the high teens. Brad, do you have the list of draft teams there? The order. So, so we go. Chicago, Washington, New England, Arizona, Chargers, Giants. Then we go Tennessee, Atlanta, Chicago, the Jets at 10. So I'm not saying the Jets, but the Jets could also be an option. If they the Jets don't take an offensive lineman at 10, yeah, <laughs> it should be. It well, should be. But it should be. But then, so then after that, you go Minnesota at 11. I don't think Minnesota because they've just got Addison with Jeff. No Denver. Denver, I could see based off of Cortland Sutton might be on his way out. Jerry Judy hasn't yeah. really shown. Yeah, does he strike you as a Sean Payton guy? Uh, probably not. Uh, potentially. Michael Thomas. Potentially. Um, Vegas at 13 to pair with Devontae Adams. That's a good one. He'll be moving You've on soon, Jacoby. I imagine. Yeah. Um, New Orleans at 14. This one's actually the one that I really do think it's going to be. Is number 15. It's the Indianapolis Colts. Yes, because Pittman's in a contract year, isn't that? Right. Yeah, yeah, he's that's a free a agent. But they yeah, could just take Michael Pittman. But even they're so, not Michael have, Pittman go. But their other receiver that they the other two receivers they've relied on were Josh Downs and Alec Pierce. So I think Brian Thomas is an upgrade over both of them and could fill out the other side opposite Pittman. But after that, you go Seattle at 16, Jacksonville 17, Cincinnati at 18. Cincinnati could be another spot if T. Higgins does leave. Jacksonville, man. Jacksonville, Jacksonville could be a spot. Because Calvin Ridley could be on his way out. They then just you go, paid a million wide receivers last year, didn't they? <laughs> then you go. So then after that, 
19 is the Rams, the Steelers, the Dolphins, the Eagles, the Houston, yeah, Te- Dolphins. Houston Texans at 23, the Dallas Cowboys. Then it's the Packers, 25, so no. 26, Tampa Bay, which potentially depends on if Mike Evans stays or not. Arizona again at 27, Buffalo, 28, Detroit, 29, Baltimore, 30. And oh, then... Yeah. Kansas City or San Francisco, but I do feel like he goes well before picks 31 or 32. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think a few people, I think the 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 uh, next guy we talk about is going to be that as well. And um, I'll see if we have any qualms here. So at number five, we'll finish at five for today's show as we <laughs> approach an hour. I think we'll be able to cut this down though. Um, is So I had Troy Franklin, who we talked about last year. And I think he was in our top five from memory last year as well. Uh, at 2022 okay. season, he had 61 receptions for 189, uh, sorry, uh, 891 um, receiving yards and nine touchdowns. And man, he took that next season. He took that jump that we wanted to see from him. He went to 81 catches for 1,383 yards and 14 touchdowns. And in a, a very explosive conference of uh, very, very good teams in the Pac-12, RAP. Uh, he had a a really, really good season. He was really good for Oregon as well. So he's listed at uh, 6'2", 170, so a little bit on the smaller side, but he is tall. And, man, can he take a ball to the house. Uh, any any disagreements with Troy Franklin at five? No, I've got Franklin at five. I've got him at six. Oh, okay. All right. Six. So, he, so, Dan, that means, and you were very high on him uh, this time last year when we were doing the shows. I think you were the one. Yeah, I had him six. Oh, really? Well. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I, okay, I, okay. I can easily see him at five, and I could easily see him at five before the season as well. Yeah. I just think the frame of him, yeah. I think, gives me concerns enough where I just drop him down a touch. Okay. I had him at six foot three, 187. And I had enough concerns. Like he's super skinny, like lanky and skinny. Yeah, yeah. And that gives me concerns against a lot of the defensive backs in the NFL. So if you're that's six to one seventy, that's it. scary. See, I, I kind of, I'm starting to push back on that idea now that, um, that this size. I think you can still be tall and you can fill out and you can still go from there. And I mean, like Troy Franklin is fast. He's like an explosive, explosive athlete as well. And, and so I'm, I'm not like. I'm not like Tank Dell, Devonta Smith with Troy Franklin. I'm more like, I think he's a bit bigger than those guys. See, it's yeah, funny. My my comp was actually Devonta, Devonta Smith. Like, really? So that's why, I, yeah, I don't, that's why I probably don't have, I don't have as many size concerns because like you said, everyone was freaking out coming into that 2021 draft with Devonta Smith, you know, the Heisman Trophy winner. And everyone was like, he's not going to be able to succeed because he's so skinny. And now you've seen him. And on a lot of other teams, Devonta Smith would be a number one wide receiver. I think he's I'm a not much putting... better route runner, though, than Franklin. Yeah, I, I, think, I think he is, too. Yeah. I think Franklin is a really good route runner. But, yeah, Devonta's probably more polished and better aspect. But I that was sort of my thought. Like, that elite, like, he has elite speed. Like, is... He potentially could be maybe the fastest wide receiver in college. Yeah. So absolutely blow the top off. Yeah. 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 So that's where it's sort of teams. Yeah. That's where like I I think he's um very much a first round wide receiver and maybe even 
around that similar sort of mark where we were just going through the teams before for a Brian Thomas. He's, I feel like he might be around that same sort of area, maybe a pick or two behind him. So yeah, the size size isn't really as much of a concern for me. It's more so, I guess, if you are using him correctly. Like if you're not trying to use him as like a massive contested catch guy, then yeah, I think he'll fail if that's your your thought process. Yeah, I think yeah. the offensive yeah. scheme for Troy Franklin's going to be massive. Yes. Yeah. Whereas Land- a lot of these other guys at the top here, I think they can still thrive in a lot of different ones. So I just think just the play strength for me with Franklin. I just, I think like, yeah, I see a lot of like Josh Downs in him though. And by that, and like Josh Downs is small. I think he's smaller than Troy Franklin, but like, you know, Josh Downs just plays so much bigger than he is like Jaden Reed, another perfect example of like these players who are small, but you wouldn't, you would have to look at his measurements to know that it's small because they play so much bigger than they are. And, um, the one thing I think about Troy Franklin is I think that if you're looking for these kind of like speed receivers who are great with their hands, Troy Franklin is the bet you want to make as opposed to someone like who we'll talk about in the next episodes, like Xavier Worthy, for example, for me, who I'm not very high on and you, I'll probably, he'll be a sleeper for me, but he's not really asleep because he, like other people are really high on him. But I just think, why would you risk Xavier Worthy, who will probably, you know, he could turn into someone like a Jalen Hyatt type, who's just kind of like fast but no production, when you can get Troy Franklin, who is kind of like everything that you want in a fast, shifty receiver. Yeah, he's a little bit skinnier. I can see what you mean by he's got that kind of like Devonta Smith in him, and he's probably not as good as Devonta Smith, obviously. But I just think he's got like that. He's explosive enough, and he's, he's a really good route runner. He's kind of got that sort of like good route running ability. For me. So what was what was Troy Franklin's measurables you had there, John? It was I think I'll these are gonna be out of base. Everything I've seen's been six three one eighty seven. Yeah, I mean I'm looking on pro sports reference. So these are like his measurements going into this last year i think so so i think it was at the combine devonta smith or it's when he was actually on the philadelphia website devonta's listed at six foot 170 pounds yeah okay so so maybe for me maybe not quite as uh as similar like i thought it was actually a lot like closer they're they're measurables those two but that's where yeah i that's why i sort of got it because i think it's very similar body types but as you said, maybe not quite as good as Devonta Smith. Yeah, I still got Franklin as a back end first round pick. Yeah, I think he's up in the 20s. So a lot of Carolina Panthers fans are hoping he falls to 33, which I feel like is probably not going to be the hey, case. Hey, Brad, I don't think you're going to get these wide receivers. No, hey, a lot of these, a lot of the, there's some really good receivers in here, so there should be a chance they have the possibility. And uh, look at me. There's a chance they should have a possibility that one gets to 33. But oh, there'll be a, a wide of... receiver there. Yeah, there'll and be a wide receiver there. There'll be a quality one as well, because we'll talk about it in the next episode. There's some really good wide receivers still. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, real quick. I've got some comps here. Just give me like a yes or no. Do you agree or disagree? What about like a Chris Olave? No. No. Uh, Jordan Addison? Could be similar. See, yeah. I'm trying to find players who are not from last year because last year, man, last year was such a small class like Jaden Reed. Yeah, that's the difference this year, isn't it? Like last yeah. year, we said about how small they all were. Yeah, Tank Dell. They're all giants. They were all They're tiny little guys. Yeah. What about uh, uh, Darnell Mooney? Probably, yeah, Darnell Mooney is not a bad. You know the one? Will Fuller. Really? Will Fuller. Will Fuller. I think Will Fuller Similar was a bit size. Bigger, though. 
Nice speed, deep threats. Can do a yeah, little bit DJ more over the middle as well. My God, last year was time. DJ Chuck. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Okay, KJ Osborne. So there's, there's like you, you kind of get the idea of what we're, of what we're getting here. I think he's, he's sort of like the reason. So he's not in the same tier as Brian Thomas for me. He'd probably be in this sort of like tier. I want to say tier three or four. But I do have him uh, ahead of the next guys that we'll talk about in the next episode. Sort of guys like I've got like Adonai Mitchell, who, again, much bigger player. And we've talked about Malachi Corley as well and some other guys that we'll get to in the next episodes. But I still think he's in a good spot. Uh, he had a good season with the Bo Knicks. He was highly productive. He was good at taking the top of the defense. My only thing was he was like either taking like screens to, to like the house or he was blowing the top off defenses. He wasn't really doing anything in the middle or sort of like, at, uh, you know, after like the 7, 10 yard line, unless it was like 20 yards downfield. Well, I'm curious now. Dan had Troy Franklin at six. Who did he have yeah. at five? So I think, like, to be real, he's probably 5B. I flipped these two a lot. I've yeah. got an idea, but I'm curious if it's who I think it is. Oh, yeah, go say. It's not Keon Coleman, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I like this one. I think he's getting hammered this year because of the season that he had yeah like the expectations out of florida State. for me i had him competing for the national championship yeah but they just had such an inconsistent season this year even when jordan travis was healthy and then obviously he got injured towards the middle part towards the end of the year as well so i think it's really tough to judge keon coleman on this year but you yeah. look at him he's six foot four 215 pounds they use him as a return man as well. Yeah. So he's got special. the agility to be able to get in and out of his cuts. He can play like overhead, he can play extremely well. He's got good size, good strength. He's a sort of prototype outside wide receiver that you're looking for because he can compete on the boundary. He goes up and gets it. He's going to overpower a lot of defensive backs in this league. And he can play inside, outside. He can do a lot of those sort of things. I just think if he can get his route running a lot more crisp at his size, he's going to be really hard to match up on. And he's so young still. He's only 20 years old still. I think he just turns 21 when the draft comes around or just mm. after the draft. So a lot of the, like they're so young, so big, these wide receivers. But I just think the size and the ability that he has, a team's going to look at him and think this is who we want as our outside wide receiver. Yeah. Which is why I've got him just over Troy Franklin. I saw an interesting player called Keon Coleman, and if he hits his potential, any team that picks him would be absolutely stoked. But the uh, the ringers, Danny Kelly, has him, I think in the, he has him well above Troy Franklin, and he has him as shades of Demarius Thomas. Ooh. That's his That's his player's Ooh. cop that he does on his draft guide. He's got him as the a shades of Demarius Thomas. If you Gee, that's interesting because yeah. If you were told that you're getting Demarius Thomas with maybe, you know, a pick in the late twenties sort of thing, mid twenties somewhere around there, you'd take that every day of the week, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. If that's what his comp is, that's nice. I like that. Because I really like Demarius Thomas. Mm. So I so, don't I go back and watch Demarius Thomas a lot more to see but it. But that that was just I was just having a look because I was trying to see because Keon Coleman's a guy who I've sort of had a little bit of a look at, but not enough that I'm comfortable in throwing out a comp. But that was the first one that I saw, and I'm a big fan of Dan Danny Kelly's work, and Demarius Thomas popped up, and that sort of perked my ears up a little bit to go, oh, that's a really 
interesting one. If he turns out <laughs> like, yeah, that, so, like that, that's interesting. Yeah, like I said, I've flipped between these two a lot because I love Troy Franklin. But I just think mm. the size of Keon Coleman and the physicality and the ability for him to just dominate, I think he'll be able to dominate on the outside. I've got him at five. I love him. And I said like, in the preseason with our wide receiver podcast that he was someone I was going to watch, like looking forward to watching this year to keep an eye on. Mm. And again, I was, it was easy to be let down by him this year because yeah, that, of the overall that, offense of Florida State. Yeah, that that's kind of what I wanted to allude to was like the previous five receivers we've just talked about, they all took huge step forwards in their production, in their efficiency, in their ability. You know, like Marvin Harrison, despite the quarterback being Kyle McCord and, you know, Malik Neighbors took a huge step forward with Jaden Daniels despite having Brian Thomas and Brian Thomas did despite having D- Malik Neighbors and... Um, whereas Keon Coleman, he kind of just basically had exactly the same season again. There was one game, uh, that he was in, but he didn't really play, uh, from what I can see. So, and then he just kind of really, like, I felt like there was a lot of games where he just didn't have the hands, like his catches would fall short. He had like, I think most of his production from the season came in three games from what I can see. He had a huge game against Syracuse, nine catches, 140 yards and touchdown. Week one, Louisiana State, nine catches, 122 yards. And then Clemson, five catches, 86 yards. And then after that, the next is like 54, 53, 24, 48. Like, and not saying that's everything. And let's factor in like his quarterback was Jordan Travis. And, you know, like a lot of the other quarterbacks we've talked about are going to be first round picks for the receivers. And it was Jordan Travis and then whoever, I forget who even took over once Travis, did he break his leg? Was it broken leg? Yeah, he broke his leg. But wasn't it in yeah. like the last game? Was it towards the, the end? It was, it was the last game against Florida of the regular season. Oh, so, I thought it was like, yeah, it didn't even really matter. And the other thing is, it's not like Keon Coleman had like that stout competition at receiver that he was playing alongside as well. Like, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about Johnny Wilson. He had the second most catches on the team with 41 catches, 617 yards. He kind of took a step, step back. Jaheim Bell was the next with 39. So like he was... Keon Coleman was like the receiver. And that's just why, like, I've still got him in my, he's in my top 10, spoiler, but he's in my, he's, I've got him closer to like the Tez Walker, Xavier Leggett type of like, he's a really just good, like a good, good player. Like he can make the catches he needs to make. But like, as far as being that like special sort of playmaking ability that with the five guys that we've just talked about is where I'm sort of like, yeah, I think he's just more of like another, just sort of like good all-round receiver, if that makes sense. I think sense. a lot of it comes back to the offensive system as well there. Like you had Jordan yeah. Travis running the yeah. quarterback options, and then you had Trey Benson, who I won't say where he is for my running backs because we haven't done that show yet. But, <laughs> but we So you've got Trey Benson, you've got Jordan Travis. So that whole offense was based around that running game almost. Yeah. So it's hard for, obviously, Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson to have the stats of the other ones. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I think forget – what he put up this year kind of thing as far as stats go. Yeah, like you, you have to just know. And you go back to last year as well and you look at his tape at Michigan State and I just, yeah, I think he's got a really good chance to hit as a pretty dominant sort of wide receiver two at absolute worst on a team. But he'll be a wide receiver one for them. That's a good note to, to leave it on and I like that it builds suspense for the next episode that we're going to talk about these next group of guys. So that's one through to five. We've talked about number one, Marvin Harrison Jr., number two, Malik Neighbors, number three, Roma Dunze, number four, Brian Thomas Jr., and number five, depending on which way, which side of the fence you want to fall to, uh, Troy Franklin, or even Keon Coleman, who we'll talk even more about um, and continue this on the next show, where we're going to be talking about receivers six through till 10. 
And uh, you probably heard about most of them on today's episode anyway, as little spoilers. And then we'll do sort of like a, a deep sleeper class before the NFL draft kicks off. Um, but that I think that's been been a, a great evaluation. How, how do you feel about those top five? Top four, we'll say top four. I think that, yeah, the fact we agreed on the top four, I think it just shows yeah. where the level of those four are. Yeah. And to me, you could, as we'll talk about in the upcoming show, but you could raffle off pretty much really next five through to 10 in any order. And I would believe yeah. any of it pretty much. So that's what's making yeah. this draft class so fun. Yeah. It's been excellent. Okay. If you're still watching us on YouTube, please like and subscribe to this. It really helps us out and follow us on Twitter. I'm at John Lloyd Roberts. Brad's at Brad Bolt one. And Dan is at beard underscore 82. And of course we have NFL lab network as well. And uh, I said that I was going to do these shows once every two weeks. It sort of hasn't really happened that way. I think it's going to be more like once a week with just with the sheer amount of shows that we have. I'm going to be talking to Nate Polvote uh, about who's at the Senior Bowl, about what he saw, what he liked as well. That's an episode that's going to be coming soon as well. And then we'll be back with more receivers. We're going to be talking running backs. Then we've got the Combines coming up. And then we're going to have a few more guests on the show which I'm really excited for all the way up until the NFL draft. Gonna be a lot of content. I'm going to be making a few reels as well about all the players that we're talking about as well. So there's heaps going on. Brad's show will be back as well this week or next week. You'll hear us as well. Talk about, uh, I mean, we didn't even touch on conference championship. Super Bowl's coming up. I can't believe it's the off season. It doesn't actually feel like it at all. Isn't this nice? It's beautiful. Then, yes. Yeah, until then, uh, enjoy your week. Enjoy your football ahead. We'll catch you soon. Thanks for watching. Goodbye for now.